last two days and I know there's you know there's a lot of things that God wants to reveal to us and I discovered over the years that we make it very difficult for ourselves to receive from God because we we place God in a place that is so high that he's unattainable you know and God sent Jesus to us to show us that he's not that far away that he wants to be under us and with us and when Jesus came you know he came into this world to be like you and I to show us that you could be what the Father wanted you to be and to do what the Father wanted you to do and that you would have the strength and the power to complete your mission on earth. But the very fact that Jesus came was already a sign that the Father said, I want to be with you, I want to be under you. No, Emmanuel, God with us, right? And, you know, and sometimes I feel like that we as Christians, we, even though we know all that in our minds, we don't understand in our spirits that God's not far away, that He's in us, He's inside of us. He's as close as the mention of His name, as the Word says. And what I want you to understand tonight is that I don't want you to put the ladder so high that you, that you cannot even attain it yourself because God didn't place it there. He placed it very low. And He placed it in an empty level for you. A place where you and I and every one of us can enter into the presence of God, can enter into the supernatural without feeling like we have to attain something that's not attainable. And so we need to come, come down to earth but on, on a godly level. And you know what I like about what the Father has done is when He created this world, you know, the next thing He created was us. He created man, and then He created a woman. And, and He placed us there because, you know, he, he, just, he just loves us that much. You know, he, wanted, he created us in His image. He says, I need someone in my image that I can fellowship with. And that's why He created man, for fellowship. And then when He realized that the man was alone, and, you know, all the animals looked pretty, and He, he said to the man, look, I've given you all authority, give him whatever name you want, and... After this was all done, God realized something was missing because Adam looked a little bit sad. And God says, Adam, what's the matter with you? And all of a sudden he goes, oh, of course, none of this really fits you, does it? And he goes, no, Lord, none of this fits me. I haven't found anything here that really, really fits me. And God made a sleep come upon Adam and he created a woman. And you know what happened when he brought the woman to the man? He got pretty excited, didn't he? He finally said, bone in my bone, flesh in my flesh. All right, God, you finally hit it. That's it, man. That's it. That's just for me. So Adam was happy. God was happy. And he created him for fellowship with him. And of course, we know that through the fall, we know that through the fall, these things began to change. And we get a different picture. Of course, sin came in. God could no longer fellowship with man on an open basis. And you know, all through the Old Testament, we see that this was not possible. You know, it was done through the high priest. It was done through blood, through offerings. And I'm not going to go into all that. But I, I want us to remember the reason why God created man. And so when Jesus came to restore us to the Father, He actually came to restore the fellowship with the Father. And if, if we're going to fellowship with the Father, we have to be able to fellowship with Him as, 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 as His child, as His son or His daughter. You know, a son or a daughter has complete access to the Father. The Father loves them. The Father hugs them. The Father shares, you know, His life with them because that's His family. You know, we're the family of God. So God doesn't want to withhold anything from us. He wants to share the deepest feelings of his heart with us. But you know, when Jesus was walking on the earth, he tried to do that. And there were some groups of people and some individuals that didn't like to hear what Jesus had to say. They were the religious people. And the religious people, the Pharisees and Sadducees of the day, saw Jesus as a threat. They saw him coming, you know, and proclaiming a message of love. A message that came from the Father, a message of caring, a message of saying, you know, there is a king, you know, I'm the son. 
and things like that. And they just didn't understand it. Because they didn't understand it, they began to come against him and began to, you know, uh, try to put him down. And what I really like about what the father did was the father decided he was still going to get the message out, but he was going to do it in a very unusual way. And there's something I want you to see tonight. I've got the slides are up there. Because this afternoon we talked about God revealing the hidden things to us. And it actually came to a point in time when Jesus was walking on the earth that he began to realize that the religious leaders and those that were, you know, totally involved in, in their own man-made system, you know, of religion, that they were not interested in hearing the truth. But God wants to reveal the truth to us. But as I said to you this afternoon, the truth has been reserved for us. It's been reserved for those that love him. So the hidden treasures of the Father, the secrets that the Father talks about, the intimate details of his life, he says, are reserved for my kids. Nobody else is supposed to know them. So, you know, we have an advantage. We're privileged. We're privileged children. You know, sometimes you talk about kids in the world, boy, they're really privileged. Well, we're privileged kids, believe me. Yeah. Because we have the Father, the King of Kings, revealing things to us that nobody's going to know. They're reserved for his kids. But when Jesus was walking on the earth, one of the things that he, he did, you know, was speaking parables. All things he spoke were in parables. It says in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. And so was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables, and I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Since the creation of the world. You know, one of the reasons that, you know, Jesus used parables, parables for me are kind of like, they're like earthly stories with a heavenly meaning. You know, I said to you yesterday, I said, you know, because God created, God created this world, and because he created this world, he rules over the world. He can, he can alter anything he wants at any time. He can adapt any situation to suit his needs. And we went through a number of miracles that Jesus did, because we're talking about doing the works of God. So and he talked about a number of miracles that Jesus did and how they involve things in, in the very natural world. Well, one thing you're going to discover is that when God begins to communicate to us and begin to communicate to you what he wants you to do, he's going to communicate through the known world to you, but give it a spiritual application. Now, this is what Jesus did. Now, any time that Jesus ever talked about the kingdom, he never spiritualized it to a point where people could not understand it. But the interesting thing is that those that were not able to understand it were the ones whose heart was not turned to the Father. And Jesus says, the reason I'm speaking in parables is, so it's hidden from those, he said, that do not have a heart after me. And those are the religious leaders of the day. They didn't care about the truth. And they couldn't understand the thing Jesus was trying to say. But for his disciples, he says, it's for you to know the truth. And even though there were circumstances where even the disciples said, Lord, what do you mean by that? He took the time to explain it to them until they understood what he was talking about. Amen. And the beauty of this is that in the telling of the parables, if you look at some of those stories, Jesus always used something that was known to man, that man could identify with, in order to help him to identify with the kingdom. Mm. So he used everyday applications. And this is what I want you to get tonight. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, he's not going to give you some abstract thing that you're going to have to read, you know, I don't know how many different stories into, but he's going to give you something that is very practical and very everyday, and he's going to apply it to the spiritual realm and give you the revelation that you need that you can understand. Mm, yeah. And I've discovered over the years that we're often we try to go too deep 
to get something from God when it's right there on the surface. And you may be walking by it every day of your lives in your daily application and your jobs, whatever you're doing. And God is speaking to you through whatever it is you're looking at, but you're just not observing it at the right moment. Amen. You're just not, you're just not kind of getting, you know, every time that we were in situations like that, I, I don't know, I, I've come to the point where I, where I question what I see. I, if I feel like the Spirit wants to work through my life, for example, if I, talk, if I see this pastor here, this dear brother, then I've only met him just a, a day ago. I don't know anything about him. And we meet and I say, it's so good to meet you. Just shake your hand for a minute. You know, it's so good to meet you, Pastor. Well, I don't really know you, but I'm so blessed that you're here tonight. That while I'm doing that, even though he's a natural man in this sense of the word, my inner man's going, Holy Spirit, what do you have for this man? Why am I shaking his hand? Why is he so special? He's here. There's two ways for me to look at this. I can look at this as very nice. Thank you. I can go away. Never think about this gentleman again. Sorry, nothing you can see personally. I'm up. But, you know, and we go on our jolly way. Or we can stay in that perception of what the Spirit wants us to do. And we can say right away to God, well, this is unusual. Why? Well, I've never met this man before. Lord, what, do you, what would you like me to minister him to? What would you like me to say to him? And I've learned that in everyday life, there are things that God makes visible to us that we consider to be normal, but they're actually not normal. Yes, okay, so, so I want us to get to a level where we begin to understand that what is considered normal in the world is us as Christians is not normal. Number one, because God created it and He has a purpose for it. He created man, He created woman. There's a purpose for them as well. God is something that He wants to do and release to them. And it's, it's my objectivity to find out what the Father wants and what blessing does He want me to leave behind? What needs to be altered here? What do I need to pray for? What needs to break through here? And in all those areas, the Holy Spirit is working and is teaching us to be observant and to be sensitive to His leading. Like I said to you, you know, when, you, you know when, you, when you're on your way, just ask God, open my eyes and open my ears. You know, let me hear and let me see what you're trying to say to me. What you're trying to do. Let's go back to the parables. So Jesus was using everyday examples out of everyday life, and he was connecting the dots with the Father. And he would say, You know how a farmer goes to sow seed? And everybody's going, Yep, know how that works. You know, and he says, You know how he throws out the seed? And he says, Some fell on good ground, some fell. You know, I can just see these people with a farm mentality going, Yep, I know where you're going. I understand that part, you know. But then he was beginning to connect the dots, and he was saying, the kingdom of the Father is like that. And he was beginning to explain to him what he meant. You know, he's beginning to explain to him that certain forces will come and try to steal the seed away that I'm sowing your heart even now. And I think it's amazing that the Father would use something that you and I are involved with each and every day and use that as an application for showing us what the kingdom is like. And so the kingdom is not far away. In fact, the kingdom is all around us. And what God desires to say to us, He's going to say to us through everyday circumstances around us. This is, it's, not, it's not, you know, going into that depth and, you know, pressing in and I've got to have something, you know, but it's right there in front of us. And that's the beauty of it. You know, Georgette often says to me, don't you have something for this person? Or don't you have something? You know, she knows how I work in the prophetic gifts and... You know, and I've never been able to say to her, well, no, actually, I actually don't have anything. <laughs> the reason being because the Spirit's always there. You know, I, I would have, if I said I have nothing, I would have to, I would have to say, well, the Spirit's not active in me. And that's just not possible. 
So the Holy Spirit is active in you at all times. He's like, he's just raring to go. And, but he has to wait upon you because don't remember, he's using your body, he's using your lips, you know, your mouth. He's, you know, it's all about what the Spirit can do through you. And so he just wants, he wants to so bad. And if we realize that he wants to do this all the time, then we are open for what can happen at any point in time in our lives. We're no longer restricting it just to church. We're no longer restricting it just to special meetings. But we're open to accept the fact that God can move outside these four walls. Amen. And that's the important part, really, that we can begin to find our way in the world in such a way that we know it's the Spirit of God that's leading us. You know, when you get a word from God, and, and God can tell you to do all sorts of things, then of course it's going to take a step of faith for you to go ahead and to, to begin to do those things as well. But... You know, a lot of times we'll say, well, God, I need a confirmation. And often I wonder how many confirmations we need, you know, before we actually do something. But I've learned that if, you, if you've heard his voice once and you've done something with it and you've seen the success of it, you've seen, wow, this is, this is, this is working, this is exciting, then the next time you're going to be that much quicker to respond. And the more you get into that, the more you get into moving in the gifts of the Spirit, the more you get into, uh, you know, just allowing the Spirit to work through you, the more prominent this is going to begin to appear in your life. It's just going to have, how can I say, it's going to happen more frequently, let me put it that way. And there will come a point in time in your life where listening to the Spirit, listening to the voice of God will be considered normal for you. Yeah. What's abnormal will become normal. Amen. And I think we as Christians need to get to a place where we, we forget this abstract thinking and begin to realize that it's normal for the father to talk to us because I'm his son. Why would he not want to talk to me? Amen. Is he in a bad mood today and so I'm not hearing anything because he doesn't want to talk to me? No. Obviously there's something wrong on my side. I need to start listening. So as we get into this, we're going to realize that, uh, you know, that God has done something very special. And when Jesus began to talk in parables, you know, he said, he said to his disciples, I'm doing this for your sake. He says, because it's for you to know on the hidden things of the kingdom. And he says, I already know that the, the religious leaders and all those that are against me, they're so, they're so deaf. He says, that they can't hear this and they don't even understand. But it's for you to understand. And I'm going to explain to you, he said, what these things have to do. Now, one of the things that Jesus said was, first of all, let me just read another scripture to you here. Psalm 14, verse 2. Because that's just really cool. The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men yeah. to see if there are any who understand and who seek God. Are there anyone here that understands me as God's sake? Is there anyone here that's seeking me? And if you know, if you want God, you have to seek God. For God to know your heart, you have to seek God. You know, the religious leaders, they were not seeking God. They were just seeking themselves and their own system. They didn't have a heart for God. But when you have a heart for God, you've got to go after God. You've got to seek what He wants to do in your life. Go after it. You know, spend time with Him. I know when I first began to move in the gifts of the Spirit, it, it intrigued me so much. It just... You just possessed me, you could say. I just kept going and going and going. I wanted to know more and more and more. And the Lord began to just sharpen my spiritual senses to the point where these things began to go frequently in my life all the time. But you have to seek for it. Seek the Lord, he says, and you will find me. Amen? Amen. So, you know, the Bible says and God says that when we enter into his kingdom, when we enter in through Jesus Christ, nothing will be hidden from us anymore. Everything will be revealed to us. And this is what I love. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he's a reward of those that earnestly seek him. Amen. Realizing 
that this means that the people that have a heart for the Father are the ones that are going to earnestly seek Him. You're going to go after God. You're going to go and, and, and find out the best things that God has for you. Don't settle for second best, but say, Father, I know you have something for me, and I want to see this. I want to see how this happens and how this continues to be a blessing in my life. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the Father says, I'm going to show you things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and we just sang a song like this tonight. No human heart has ever conceived, but I have prepared these things for you all, for you all because you love me. Because you love me. Now, the hidden things. You know, we talked this afternoon about the hidden things being eternal and the not hidden things being temporal. So we're living in a world that's temporal. We know that. For us, we've got a certain amount of years that we're going to be on this temporal world. And then we're going to one that's going to last for an eternity. Amen. So we're actually, you know, we're actually just traveling through. Yes. We're, not, we're not here to stay, but we're here to impact. We're here to impact the world, amen, for the short time that we have. And impact is for the Father. Now, how many agree with me that Jesus really impacted the, the world? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, people still talking about him. Amen. So we certainly are. Yeah. All those years. And so he impacted. So we're here to impact the world. And Jesus said, you're going to do my works. Well, if we do the works of Jesus, we're going to be impacting the world, aren't we? Because people are going to wonder how that's possible. And I feel like we're in a place where God is preparing us, first of all, to understand that in order to impact something, you have to understand who's going to give you the power to impact and how this power can flow through you. And a lot of times we're at the place where we feel that, you know, we can do this in the natural, but it, and realize afterwards that it's not working. You know, this is just not working. It's not a matter of just going over and, you know, out of your own esteem, out of your own uh, will of doing something. You know, a lot of people say, oh, faith's easy. You know, I just will to have faith. Well, it's not possible to will to have faith. Because faith is supernatural. If you, if you get into a will to have something, you get your own willpower at work. You know, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. No, you can't. Jesus can do it through you, yes. But you can't do this. You can't do this in the flesh. But God's going to do it through you. So we have to trust God. And we have to trust Him at all times. And every time that God challenges you to do something, He'll come back to this point again. Where you have to trust Him. Where you have to believe that He's going to work through you. Amen. Now, uh, Father God loves us as kids. So, a lot of times, of course, the revelations that we receive by His Spirit, they determine the direction for our lives. And we need direction in our lives. We need to hear the voice of God. We need to understand what God wants me to do today, tomorrow, the day after. I need to have this kind of revelation. I need to be able to walk in it. And when God, you know, speaks to us, he speaks to us through our spiritual senses, as we talked about this afternoon. So we have to have spiritual perception. But I've discovered that spiritual perception is the result of sonship. That when I came to Jesus, my spiritual perception became very sharp. Definitely sharper than it ever was before. In fact, I don't even think I had any spiritual perception before I gave to Christ. But once I came to Christ, I began to move in my spiritual perception of who he was. I began to learn about the Word of God. I had to learn to pray. I had to learn a lot about God. But my spiritual perception began to increase more and more and more. So I came, became aware of things that I didn't know even existed. You know how it is you get saved and all of a sudden the world looks like it's got more color in it than it ever did. Yeah. You know, uh, you're happier than you ever were before. And, you know, things just change. So your perception has changed. 
Well, that's followed us through and, and realizing that your spiritual perception opened up and you began to see things differently. You began to see them through the eyes of God. Amen. And, a lot, you know, and then that first stage of being saved is a wonderful stage because you're so excited. You just want to tell the whole world because you're moving in that new realm with that spiritual perception. And all of a sudden you're going, wow, I never knew that, you know. And somebody who's been a Christian for 20 years ago, yeah, well, I've been there. I've seen that, you know. And, uh, I, I, you know, if you get a little bit too excited, you have a few Christians who've been around a while, they avoid dampening your spirit a little bit. You know, you know, well, don't blow it for me, man. I'm just getting used to this, you know. It looks good. So, you know, but, but I mean, after a while, of course, you're going to get into, okay, I've been there, I've done that. But your journey starts there and it continues on. So the spiritual perception that you start out with begins to expand and begins to grow. And the more time you spend with God, the sharper this perception is going to get. And obviously, if you're going to grow up with the Father, and the more mature you get in your relationship with the Father, the deeper your spiritual perception is going to get. There's more stuff that the Father is going to trust you with. Because your maturity in Christ counts for something, believe you me. And I think it's important that we realize that if we're going to go after the things that God wants us to do, that we have to have a really close relationship with the Father. And the Father has to know our heart. You know, many times in the past when we talked about the gifts of the Spirit, you know, people desire, and Paul says, desire the best gifts, go after prophecy, you know, all those things. The gifts of the Spirit are wonderful tools that God has given us. But I've also noticed that the gifts of the Spirit have been given to us based on the level of maturity that we have to be able to deal with them. And we may be able to, you know, say, well, I want to go after the best gift. And then that the Holy Spirit is working with you and says, well, let's just leave that one for now. Let's work with this one. And so we have to trust the Father to know what's best for us. You know, it used to be a television show many years ago, Father Knows Best. And, uh, you know, and in this case, the Heavenly Father does know best. So again, we're coming back to the trusting factor. So if you don't always get what you want, do you realize that you're getting the best that the Father intends for you? Amen. And if it doesn't quite fit your idea or your thinking, rest in the fact that the Father knows best and it's best for you at this point in time to receive what He's given you. Amen. So work with what He's given you. Work with it. Don't leave it lying there. Don't say, well, that's not what I wanted. You know, just like at Christmas time when you get presents, you go, why did I get this? Not what I asked for. Don't do that to the Father, okay? He gives gifts to us and those gifts are from our Heavenly Father and He loves us and He knows exactly what to give us. You know, when, when we buy presents for our kids at Christmas time, or at any time of the year, we, we put a lot of thought into it. Put a lot of thought into it. You know, we think about the children, we think about their age, we think about what they're into. You know, there's of course a lot of love connected to it, you know. Uh, in, in the case of my kids, of course, they're growing and they're older, but I have grandkids, and I often phone my kids to ask what the kids want, the grandkids want, you know. What are they into? And, and so, you know, you give it a lot of thought, and you don't just buy anything, but you buy something that you know fits them, something that, that they can use. And that's how I picture the Father. I picture the Father looking at us, and every time again assessing where we're at, and just saying, oh, this is just perfect for you. And that's what He's giving us to work with. And I think it all depends on what we do with what He gives us, what, what the next one is going to look like. And if you will begin to just move into that area, maybe they're just baby steps in the beginning. You know, of the revelation of God has given you to, to begin to enter into the works of God. If you just take that first step, that's maybe all that God requires of you. But I do know that the Father is going to see what you're going to do with Amen. that. You know, if I give somebody a gift, and I really love the, the, the person, and, uh, you know, I give it something that comes to my heart. 
and they look at it and you know they maybe pretend like oh this is great but inside they're thinking what am I going to do with this you know <laughs> and uh, they put it away in a drawer somewhere and the next time I visit their house you know I don't see it anywhere they don't talk about it you know and uh, you know I'm all, and, and of course my thought is well I guess they didn't like it <laughs> you know I spent all this time you know it really came from my heart and they didn't like it well, I'm never going to buy them that again how many of you ever said that you know I'm not going to do that again they don't even appreciate what I give them you know. And I took this and I chose this for them, you know. And, and I just picture how the father feels, you know. What he gives us gifts and we don't use them. Yeah. You know, he's given us so much. So much that we can begin to, you know, just activate in our lives. And we've got to start somewhere. You know, often I, I, I hear Christians talking, well, I want this from God. I want God to do that. And I said, have you ever taken inventory of what God's already given you? Yeah. Have you ever thought about what equipment he's already given you? I mean, to fight battles, he's given you the armor of God. You ever realize what the armor of God really means? You know, to be on the offensive and, and to be on the, the side of the Spirit of the Father where you have inside all the gifts of the Spirit, revelatory gifts, gifts of power, gifts of, to perform healings. I mean, there's so many things that God has released through His Spirit to us. And if we just begin to activate some of those in our lives, and we'll talk about now, take all of it, but just, you know, go after one of them. See where your heart is and see where the heart of the Father is for you. And begin to take one of those areas and begin to activate just, just get involved in that. Begin to do something with it. And God's going to take that, and your spiritual perception in that area is going to grow by leaps and bounds. You know, I've noticed over the years that when we have men of God or women of God that have, you know, great ministries, uh, they're usually zero in one particular area. You know, they have a healing ministry, or they have maybe a strong teaching ministry, or a pastoral ministry, just different things in different areas. And there's never been one that has all the gifts. Everyone has all the gifts, but they have the one that God purposed for their lives. Mm -hmm. Let me give you a tip tonight. Don't try to parrot after people. You know what I mean with parrots? You know what a parrot does? Okay. The parrot just mimics and copies everything that he hears. Don't parrot after people, but be the individual that God has created you to be. Because God has a message for you which is fit and, 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 and purposed for your heart and that of no one else. And he wants to see that developing you. He wants nothing more than to see that developing you. And there's nothing that will please the Father more if you want to do his works. It's to take the little that he's given you and to begin to activate that, put some steps of faith behind it, and begin to do those things. And then you don't have to compare yourself to someone else. You don't have to feel like you've got, you know, you, you got such a low esteem, you know, like, oh, I'm not really doing anything, you know, all I do is lead prayer meetings, and all we do is pray. Well, yeah, who says that that's not the calling God's placed upon your life? Especially when you know what prayer can do. Mm. Especially when you know the breakthroughs that it can cause. Mm. So we are in a position to really accept everything that God gives us and to see that begin to develop into something great. And whatever it is that God has for you, believe me, it's good. It's good. But our spiritual perception is the result of our sonship. We hear and see because our heart is connected with the Father. And I want to keep going back to the fact that it's about this heart connection. You know, I've never, I've never felt in my Christian faith that I've had to do anything. I've never felt like I've been forced to do anything. You know, and, and it's because, you know, when you love somebody, you do it, when you do something out of love, uh, 
it has a totally different motive behind it than if you do it out of out of want, out of need of you must. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, it's like well, you've got to do this because of this. You know, your heart's saying, well, I really want him, and okay, you know, and reluctantly you step into that. But when, when, you, when you've got a love for something or someone, it's totally different, because when it's love motivated, you want to do it, you look forward to it. In fact, you know, when you give somebody a gift and it really comes from your heart, you're probably more excited about giving them that yeah. gift than they are about receiving yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And probably the most pleasurable thing is to see their faces once you give them that gift. And they like it, they're going to like it, they're going to like it, you know? And then they open it up, ah, you know, they're excited, you're excited, you know, and wow, it, you know, so it's, it's you know, it's, it's a two-way street. And I, I really feel that in this area, we need to just begin to understand that the Father loves us so much that He, he wants to work with us. You know, He said, that's why I've given you my spirit. You know, I want you to really do the works that my son did, so, so work with my spirit. But, you know, often we talk about hearing the voice of God. I've got a simple scripture for you here. In John, we go back to John again. John chapter 10, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Do you know the voice of the Father? Do you know that voice? He says, they know that voice. They hear that voice and they follow me. You know, and then that voice is, is, is being spoken through the Father's Spirit to our heart. And it's, it's giving us a clear message. And he's saying, hello, do you hear my voice? Are you going to follow me? Are you going to do what I'm calling you to do? And then all of a sudden we struggle, you know. We, well, we don't know if it's God or not, you know. It could be the devil. Well, if it's something good, I can't imagine the devil talking to you. Because he doesn't want you to do anything good. He just wants you to do bad things and sin and all sorts of stuff. So... If it's a good thing you're hearing and you know uh, this, this sounds really good, then I'm sure it's God. And if not, then it's got to be the devil. So don't worry about it. But you hear God's voice. God is speaking to us with a, a voice. Now, you know, a lot of people say, well, God needs to speak to me audibly. I, I want to hear the voice of God. I want to hear His voice. And when I hear His voice, you know, audibly, then I'll know it's God. Well, God's chosen not to do it that way. He says, I want to talk to your spirit. And I'm talking to you through my spirit. So you're not going to hear an audible voice, but you're going to hear with your spiritual ears. And this is where our spiritual eyes and ears play an important role because, you know, nothing ever, nothing is ever what it seems. Nothing is ever what it seems. If, if we observe this world with our natural eyes and our natural mind, then our natural mind will go to work interpreting it. If I don't consider myself a spiritual being in this world... And I only consider myself a natural being because I live in the natural world and everything I observe is going to speak of uh, natural things. It's going to speak of things that are, but they are not going to represent the true image. I discovered that, uh, you know, well, let me just show you this picture. Let me show you this picture. What does this tell you? It tells you that your eyes are lying to you. You're looking at something and this is one of those street artists who do three-dimensional drawings. And the first time you look at it, you go, oh my God, there's water going down the street. Now look at those two people reaching their hands. You don't understand that this is just a flat street. And that's just chalk drawing. Okay? Now I'm using this in this illustration because I want you to understand how your mind works. If you rely upon this world and everything you see as being final, like we talked about this afternoon, and you begin to trust your brain, trust your your mind to interpret the things that you see, then you're gonna run into things like this. You're gonna you're gonna think it's one thing and it's actually something else. Yeah. 
Okay, so nothing is what it seems. That's, that's a little bit of what I have learned when I'm following the Father. I'm beginning to realize that everything is subject to change and nothing really is what it seems to be. If we don't get into that mode, we're not going to be able to have enough faith to see it changed either because we will accept everything we see as final and there's no change possible. You see, when a doctor comes to somebody and says, I'm sorry, there's nothing more we can do for you, you know, you're going to die in the next year, the next two years, then for us that's a final. But if we look through the eyes of God and God says nothing is what it seems to be and God says, I see something totally different and we can get the image that God is giving us and we can get this one out of our head, then we're going to be able to walk in a totally different realm than if we continue to believe that that word was final. So if we're going to work with the Spirit of God and do the works of God, we have to understand that everything you come across, everything where God wants you to intercede is something that is subject to change because the Father wants it to. When you pray for the sick, you must believe that God wants that picture to change for them. Otherwise, you don't have to pray for them. Just believe, okay, just stay sick then. No, Father says, I would like to see them healed. So you have to have a picture of those people well before you can move out and begin to do the works of God. I'm sure when Jesus looked at them and had compassion on the sick, he had compassion on them knowing the Father wanted to see them well. That was the image that he had. My Father wants these people well. My Father wants these people fed. No, don't send those 5,000 people home. They're not going to get food around here. My Father wants to feed them. Yeah, how? Well, let me give you a different picture. And Jesus demonstrated the love of the Father by multiplying the little that he had. And it was, it was like a lecture for his disciples. Like, whoa, okay, there's another way to do this. And I feel like, you know, the Holy Spirit is just there teaching us and training us time and time again not to always accept the things that we see as being final, but allowing us to have the vision that the Father gives us so we can bring about the change that is necessary. If we can't see this world saved, if you can't see this church or can't see this community in a different light than the light in which you see it in the natural world, change cannot come. Because the heart of a, of a father and the heart even of those that he's called, such as pastors, is for his community. And they see his community as a place of ministry. They see it as a place where they can make a difference. If this church could not make a difference in this community, you might as well close the doors. But you know you're here for a purpose because pastors got a call to be here. And you have decided to, to come here and to stand with him and to see this particular vision for this church come about. So you're actually in a battle right now to begin to change the things that look like they're a certain way, but the Father wants to see them differently. Oh, yes. I think that we can come to a point where we need to realize that, you know, our spiritual perception is the result of our spiritual senses. And our spiritual senses are directed by the Spirit, and they are the ones that influence our thoughts. It's a spiritual perception that influences our thoughts. As soon as these thoughts of the Spirit enter our minds, then they are no longer our thoughts, but they are the thoughts of the Lord. We have the mind of Christ. Amen. So when I, when I stop seeing what I think I'm seeing, and I'm beginning to accept the picture that the Spirit of God has given me, and I begin to realize this is really what God wants, then this picture that I'm seeing leaves my mind, and the one from God replaces it, and all of a sudden, I'm seeing what God sees. So my mind is beginning to respond to what God has given me. Why? Because I'm now in the realm of having the mind of Christ. I have the mind of the Father. I have the mind of the Spirit. I have the mind of Christ. Three in one. So we need to walk into this world, yes, knowing that we have a natural mind, knowing that we have natural eyes and natural ears, but we also have the mind of Christ. And the mind of Christ is the determining factor in everything that happens in this world.
So we need to come to a place where a shifting takes place and we begin to step out of that one realm and get into that other realm in order to see that happen that the Father desires to see happen. Amen. And this is what He wants to do in this day and age in that we live. Just step out of this world long enough to make sure that we know what God is trying to do. Often when I see things, I, I talk to the Father and I say, Father, what are, you, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to show me? And a while back, I saw a bottle. I saw a bottle, and I'm going to use this tonight just as an example. In the natural, when you and I look at this bottle, what do we see? The <laughs> bottle, sink a little bit deeper, it's plastic. What's it got in it? It's got water in it. Now let's say the Spirit of God showed you this bottle. You see, the thing is, if God's going to talk to us about spiritual things to the natural realm, we have to make the connection. The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to help us connect the dots. When Jesus talked in parables, the disciples struggled a little bit at times. They couldn't quite connect them all. Jesus said, don't worry, I'll explain it to you. And every time they said, Father, we don't understand, he took the time to explain it to them, connected the dots. The Holy Spirit's still here to do that. But the first thing he's going to do, he's going to show you something. So we see a bottle. See a bottle filled with water. And you know, the natural mind would say, big deal. So you hold up a bottle. And if you leave it at that, you will walk away saying, well, the man stood at the front, held up a bottle. I don't know what he was trying to say. <laughs> but if you're being led by the Spirit of God, and this pops up into your mind, your thought might be totally different. Yeah. Your first thought might be, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Why are you showing me a bottle? Oh, well, that's a different thought. When I look at this bottle, one of the things that the Holy Spirit showed me, was said, there's water in it. And the first thing I realized was, wait, the living water from Jesus? The living water from Jesus? But I thought there's something wrong with the bottle. And then they got my attention to the fact that it has a, a cap on it. It has a cap, and the Holy Spirit drew my attention to the cap. He says, you know, it's wonderful to have all this beautiful water. He says, but you cannot profit from this water until you take the cap off and begin to drink it. And that was such a simple thing. And I began to realize the spiritual implication. I began to realize that the water, the living water can't flow unless we let it flow. Unless we take the top off and give it a chance to flow. And I began to realize that such simple illustrations are things that God uses to connect, connect the dots to the Father, connected to the spiritual realm. And you know, it is something so simple, something so everyday. And I began to realize more and more in things around me. And it's not that I go around every day and go, you know, look for something. Oh, what's he saying there? What's he saying there? You know, we don't want to get paranoid and get a bunch of crazy people walking around saying, I'm looking for something, man. What does this mean? You know, oh, a notebook. Oh, God's trying to say something. Yeah. That's not the purpose either because it's as the Spirit leads. You know, all I'm saying is that I'm open for what he wants to show me. I'm not going after things and then trying to reverse the psychology here, you know, and saying, well, I'm going to place that back into the spiritual kingdom because it means something. <laughs> the Father, this is where it starts. It starts with the Father, it starts with the Spirit, and the Spirit is the one that gives me the impressions that I know I need to see, I need to hear, I need to pay attention to. It's not wrong to ask when you have a feeling that something is happening but you don't quite know why. It's not wrong to ask the Spirit, are you trying to tell me something? Because very often I will ask the Father, Father, what is it that you're trying to show me? What is it that you want me to see here that, that I maybe don't see? What are you trying to tell me? And I think it's a valid question to ask the Father. And when the Spirit of God 
wants to reveal something to us, he'll make it clear to us at that point what it is. And it's so important that we never forget that the Father is not going to give us something that is so spiritually difficult to understand that you and I cannot make heads or tails of it. But that it does have an area to it and an element to it that causes us to have to seek after Him and seek after the Spirit so we get the dots connected properly and don't come out with the wrong conclusion. And this is where I think a lot of us struggle sometimes. We want it to be simple, we want it to be, you know, quick, we want to get it over with, we're going to get it done, but we forget that it's still going to require faith and it's still going to require us to go after God to get the clarity of the picture or the word that He's given us. You know, we've often talked about, you know, the Spirit of God giving words to people and, you know, some may get a word, you know, uh, you know, I see a real dark uh, area, you know, and it's really dark and it's really big and... You know, and, and I see people there, masses of people and things like that, you know, and our interpretation is, oh, it must be one of the African continents, you know, and oh, God wants me to go to Africa. <laughs> you know, the next thing you know, you're boarding a plane, you're getting there, you know, and, and nothing's happening. <laughs> but the interpretation is a big jump between the interpretation, you know, and reality. So, you know, no matter what, we've got to seek the Father. We've got to make it, you know, we've got to get to that hidden thing that He wants to show us. And He really wants to show us. Father, what does that mean? Oh, let me tell you what that means, you know. It's just perfect. Um, when, when Paul, eh? When Paul, Paulus. You know, the Apostle Paul, he was really an unusual man because, you know, Paul never walked personally with Jesus, did he? Not in flesh and blood. You know, Paul was persecuting Christians at the time and was doing other things. But anyway, by the time God got a hold of Paul and Paul got converted, everything that he learned, everything that he, and Paul's written most of the New Testament, it's absolutely amazing. All the revelations that Paul got and deep stuff and cool stuff, he got from the Spirit of God. Mm. It's like, it's like the Holy Spirit was his personal trainer. You know what it cost of a personal trainer today, right? Well, he got one for free. <laughs> God knocked him off his horse, you know, got, got him straight, got him straight around, and gave him a personal trainer. And said, here's my Holy Spirit. And Paul had to learn a lot of things, but he learned to depth of what the Father's heart was all about. Amen. You know, and Paul was one of those individuals that through that experience learned to walk with the Spirit. And I think it's so beautiful because in the book of Acts, we have some interesting scriptures. The book of Acts... In verse 13, verse 2 to 4, you all know this. They were ministering, they were praying, they were fasting. And the Holy Spirit said, Now separate unto me Barnabas and Saul, at that time called Saul, for the work which I have called them. And then having fasted and prayed, having fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. And so being, they were sent out by the Holy Spirit. By who? The by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Wow. A Spirit sent them out. This is really interesting. They went down to... Uh, Silencia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So, Paul was already somebody that had learned to rely upon the Holy Spirit and to go wherever the Holy Spirit sent him. And really, we're no different today, are we? We want to do the works of God, so we want to listen to God, so when the Holy Spirit tells us something, we want to do it. And, and in this word, it says that the Holy Spirit sent them out, and I think this is so beautiful, because if the Holy Spirit sent them out, they must have had something very, very very, very strong, a strong impression on God or, or something that Macedonia is a big country. You know, like, okay, I'll go to Macedonia. That's like, you know, it's like saying, well, 
you know, go go to Germany or you know, you know, 80 million people, you know, lots of cities. You know, where in Germany? You know, where am I supposed to go? But Paul went. And I, I thought this is so amazing, you know. He says, go to Macedonia. He said, Paul went. And God actually left it up to Paul where he was going to go. So Paul just went on, on how the Spirit led him. And, and you know, and he went, he went over to Macedonia and, and you know, just ended up in Philippi. You know, one of the major cities there. And even then, he still didn't really have the word what to do. So, you know what he said? He said to Barnabas, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go down to the waterfront. Because, you know, there's usually people praying around the waterfront. And people gather there for prayer. And he went down there. And as he went down there, he met up with Lydia. Really important. Maybe we can turn the next slide there. Acts chapter 16. Next slide. Just hit return. Yes? Is it going to work? Please? Thank you. On a Sabbath, they went outside the city, to the city gate to the river where we were expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and we began to speak to the women who had gathered there. Next slide, please. And one of these listening was a woman from the city of Tiatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth, and she was a worshiper of God. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. The Holy Spirit opened her heart. That's how we get to think about this story. My first thought was, well, she was not a man. It was a man that called him to come over to Macedonia. And the key to his entire trip now became a woman. Yeah, praise God. And I began to realize that as we move about in what the Spirit tells us, there can be things that we're not aware of, but are part of God's plan. And it's not for us to know the end of our destiny, but it's for us to know what steps we are to take to get there. And you may get to a point where God only shows you a small glimpse of something and says, just step out in faith and go in that direction. And when you get there, you will discover all sorts of other things that God is doing and begins to unfold the entire plan that He actually had from the beginning. But it's important for you to know that to go is more important than to sit and wait till you have the whole picture. So if you're going to do the works of God, you know, don't, don't, don't wait forever. Don't wonder, you know, in what area is this going to manifest? In what area am I going to be busy doing this? But begin to take the first step. Begin to take the first step. The first step for you maybe to go and help your neighbor someday. Maybe he's moving or she's moving or maybe there's another situation and you're just being a good neighbor. Maybe that's the first step. Maybe that's what's on your heart to do. Maybe you're feeling like, I, I need to do that. Maybe somebody else will say, well, I'm not going to help anybody. Well, that's fine. But I feel, in my heart, I feel that the Father wants me to do this. So you're not doing it to, you know, to get brownie points, but you're doing it from your heart. And as you do it, and as you step out into that, I'm convinced that the Father is going to open up a door for you and show you what He really desires you to do in this particular person's life. And it may be not only just helping this individual, but it may be that you get a chance to speak a word to them. It may be that the Spirit will reveal something else to you that you can share with them that is much greater than just helping them in a natural way. But it's about making that step. It's about following through what God has shown you. Paul is an excellent example of following through, listening to the Spirit, not knowing everything that was going to come, but he was going to go because God said. Because God said. If there's anything you're going to learn this weekend, go because God said. Go because God said. Work the works of God and don't confine them to certain criteria, but listen to your heart and begin to obey what the Spirit is saying to you. Amen. People, this is the realm where we're moving today. We're moving in a realm 
that is easy to understand because the Spirit of God is taking us by the hand and He's leading us through it step by step. Amen. It's not difficult to understand the Father. He has a good heart. And you are a part of His family and He's going to stay with you through thick and thin, believe you me. Amen. He's not going to leave you hanging, but He's going to continue to work with you until everything that He has for you has been accomplished. Amen. What He started, He will finish. Amen. Amen.